welcome to Las Doctoras podcast, featuring your favorite profas bringing women and gender studies topics out of the university and onto the kitchen table. I'm Christina, Chicana, Panay, Queer, Sha, Aya, Traveler, Earth, Mama, Bruja. I'm Renee, Mexicana, Tejana, Chicana, She, Her, Aya, Mama, Bruja, Scholar, and Scribe. Together, we are the academic and word brujas creating revolutionary spaces outside the walls of the ivory tower to cast spells, read the ancient texts, and tell our sacred stories. We make this magic as an offering to our ancestors, to those who will come after us, and for the change we wish to see in the world. Salud! Hello. We're here. <laughs> ah. That was good. It's good. We'll get better. Okay. Welcome yeah. to Las Doctoras Podcast. Episode 44? 50. No way. <laughs> like I was 44. Episode 50. 50. I, I, I forgot to even say that. Yeah, this uh, is a big one. This is a big celebration. I'm I love the number 50. I can't wait to be 50. Oh gosh, don't even say that. I just turned 40, okay. I know, but it just sounds like a <clears throat> I don't know, like bruja, like mujer, like kind of like yeah. future abuela self, like tia dona. We're really leaning into we're on that side of the we are. We're trying. Um so we're here. Um we were, we're calling the bed sessions. We were, yeah, we were just like <laughs> Um, it, it has me thinking of the new Sha- the new Shakira song, right? The Bizrap oh, sessions. Totally. And, yeah. Um, anyway, yes, we are here coming to you from um, my bed, Christina's bed, um, but also where Las Locuras was born, out here on the peninsula in Long Beach. Right, we're here. It's sunny. This feels good. I mean, yeah. in the context of my life uh, and the healing that's happening, it feels really good. It feels wonderful for you to be here, you know, in my in this space, and um, back here where where we did start, where like our creativity was sparked and relationship, you know, I think by the ocean. I mean, that always makes a difference for you, and it makes yeah. a difference for me too, you know. So. <laughs> <clears throat> welcome everyone welcome 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 um so we've got some updates that i think have um kind of sparked mm. some conversations with us that we thought could really be beneficial to mm-hmm. bring to the podcast mm-hmm. um so if you were i'm like what else do we want to say before we go there <laughs> any other updates i mean the biggest update if you didn't see our live on Instagram, is that Christina is now back in Long Beach. We are back in person together. <laughs> um, Ready to go dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we had, yes, all of that, all of that. Um, Just ready for like these, this beautiful pillow talk time, right? whatever you want to call this, yeah. like real, just being together and being real as something you know whatever love languages yeah physical touch physical presence like this means a lot to us i think yeah i think there's there's a certain energy when you and i actually get together in person i mean i felt like we did really good for a couple years online but i do think there's a certain magic when you are you and i are in person and we're able to just be in each other's space and create from that from that place. Right. I think it goes into other aspects of our lives too with the kids in school, right? And this sense of that we are, I mean, I don't, like we're not alone, you know, I guess, or that we're, we are exponentially, you know, creating magic because we're together. Yes. In, yes. in person in space like this, but also like with, with our kids spaces, you know, our kid school and yeah. Um, and even when it comes to, I think, our comadre circle, you know, here too, I think there is some, a shift happening, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm grateful. I yeah. love it. So yeah, <clears throat> the other big news is 
right? And I'm feeling the gratitude for this because I can call and be like, I need help. Um, I was roller skating with, with um, a Jaguar, my son, and I fell and I could never have conceived of what actually came of that. We were having a great time. We were wearing padding. Totally. We're doing it right. We're listening. <laughs> we were taking over the dance floor, listening to music because we were almost the only people there. And I fell in such a way that um, my main bone in my lower leg, my tibia, it broke. Um, and in my fibula, um, it's called a boot fracture. <laughs> I've learned that it can happen. Um, it happens a lot. So good to know. Please know. Please be careful out there. I'm not <laughs> saying don't go roller skating because I definitely want to get back out there with Jaguar when I can so we can um, – go back to that fun moment and kind of reclaim it because it was pretty, pretty traumatic. I was on the phone with Renee. I was like, let me just say, I don't always make dinner. I'm, you know, but that one day I was like, oh, I had some fish and yeah. Santos really likes fish. I was like, let me make all this dinner. And I'm like in the middle of stuff and you're like, you had this energy. And I felt like, I think in any other circumstance, and if I lived in Long Beach, I would have been like, yeah. I'll go get you and take yeah. you. Yeah. But but also I was trying to talk about what was happening and I wasn't able to articulate how big it was because I just didn't know, you know, too. I think yeah. um all I heard you just, say we was had I a heard... retreat that day. Oh, and so yeah. And so I I you were just the first person in my mind too, which was wonderful to be yeah. able to call and get some grounding, like what would you do? I know yeah. that's that's what I heard. And I was just, I think what I heard you say is I heard something pop yeah. and I was like, okay, that could, that could, that could still be a lot of things. Right. Um, and you were coming from a place of, I think you were coming from how do I manage this while I have Jaguar with me? Yeah. And so I was trying to be like, um, you know, this is, I was coming from the perspective of what kind of emergency, because you were like, should I call the ambulance? And your concern was, if I call the ambulance, what's going to happen with Jaguar? Are they going to let him go with me? Yeah, yeah. And I was or like, oh, that's a way more complicated. I, in my head, I was like, okay, easy decision. Do not call the ambulance because that's going to be so much more stressful for you. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think you were coming from the perspective of like, how urgent do I need to seek help? help? Yeah. And so I was coming from the place of like, if something's broken, it's broken. Like nothing – yeah. Is going to change though at this point. So I was like, call your, you were like, oh, my dad's going to be here for 30 minutes. I was like, fine, just have him come and take you to the nearest yeah. Kaiser Urgent Care. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, when I first fell, I was like, I was just like on the ground, you know, like, and Jaguar was there and I was like, Papa, you got to go get the help, go get help, you know? Mm. And so there was like a, a real moment where I wasn't able to do anything but like say, go get help in a real, big way wow and so then he went to go get the staff and they were they were minimally helpful there's there's a letter there's a letter coming from that <laughs> but um after that he was really shook and he needed to know that I was gonna be okay and so yeah. I went into like mothering mothering we're gonna be okay what is what do you need if it's my leg you're right or I don't know I still thought it was my ankle I still didn't think like oh I yeah. could break a tibia I didn't <laughs> yeah 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 Seriously. That's what I thought too. I thought, okay, I thought I this is my an ankle. ankle. At worst, you broke your ankle. Which, yeah. Not that that's easy, but at worst. At worst. At worst. Yeah. 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 So anyways, um, so I just wanted, and I knew my, I knew only a certain amount of people would like my son really feel comfortable with. And my dad yeah. is one of them. And so then that's why, you know, I called him to come. We went to urgent care. Long story short. I, I got to see an orthopedic surgeon pretty quickly. I have since like vetted my story with him. And I was like, did I do what I did I needed to do? <laughs> and he said, he thought the, I, if I called the ambulance, you know, they may or may not have taken Jaguar, you know, and um, the treatment would have been the same and the delay, mm. a, a little bit of a delay, like you said, you know, and like I, I, I was on the phone with a, my friend who's a physician's assistant too. And he said the same thing, you know, that, the end game is still the same, but it was wild, you know, to hear them say, you broke your tibia, mm. you need surgery, and you're going to have a titanium rod inserted into your leg. It's been a lot. I am very grateful. I feel like I've been watching the Marvel movies, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I keep telling you, you're a bionic woman now. I think it's helping me feel like I'm the future or something like that. Um, I've also spoken with friends um, who I now know um, have also broken their tibia maybe from accidents like this or from skiing or snowboarding. And um, and they continue to live like great lives. And the metal is there. Um, it does get cold on cold days, you oh, know, really? like – and wow, I was thinking, and this is totally because I, you know, eating disorder and like in recovery, you mm. know, like how much will I weigh now, you know? And I, I haven't weighed myself in a long time, wow. but I was thinking, how much does this weigh in my body? You know, like, I mean, I think that's a really important thing to, wow. I mean, I'm, that's, I'm hearing that for the first time from you. And I think that, that there's, because yeah. where I think where we're trying to get at in talking about this know is how does this really test our resilience how does this test your mental health yeah. how does this you know really add a really big challenge with that so for you to say something like that that's a really big deal to recognize that this triggers all of that other stuff that like you said in recovery but yeah that's something you don't really think about, right? You're that's no. not, you know, you're thinking like it was like one of those midnight thoughts, you know, that I have. But it's real that it's a thought that it you is. have to like totally. you have to talk yourself yeah. down from I imagine. Yeah. Like well, like qual I was thinking I would qualify that next time I go to the doctor and they're like, let's weigh you, but I do have a tight oh. rod. But and I also say every time I go in, I say, You can weigh me, but I don't want to see it. So please don't tell me, you know, like yeah. Um, yeah, no. So I thank you for saying that. I think you're right. So this has created all of these different shifts, um, or all these different conversations in my mind and in my heart mm -hmm. and my body about, cause I, you know, we came down here from the Pacific Northwest. We were just getting into this beautiful routine of biking and just being outdoors and just loving that, um, after being like in the rain and the woods for a while. And this was a really big, wrench yeah totally i just remember thinking that night i was like oh, i'm not gonna be able to do all these things like mm. i just joined the gym from a place of great like you were joy. so <laughs> you were so excited about the gym to the point where i was like what because I, I i i not that i don't like the gym but the yeah. way you were talking about it yeah it was like yeah. it was the best thing that ever happened to you i definitely was and channeling I was like, okay. some part of me that you know, my, I grew up at the gym with my dad. My dad's a gym guy. And I don't know. It's not always been great. But there's a zoning out that happens for me there. Yeah. Like with like the elliptical or maybe the classes. I don't know. I know. You were I'm, really I'm excited a gym about I'm a gym. Uh, yeah. I was so excited. And I had to say I can't come for a long time. Yeah. And I'm having to be much more, um, you know, I have to sit down a lot more. Have my leg raised a lot more. So there's just a lot of um, – yeah, stillness, there was, stillness I, that I was not prepared, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated about. And I'm also trying to, right, who, um, this this time I may not ever have again. It's like kind of yeah. after giving birth, my six weeks of quarantining, yeah, you know. Yeah, the, the quarantena. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to really live into that, but also recognizing that there's just some different frustrations. Another one I was supposed to teach in person. <laughs> Um, that's why, and what kind of one of the big pushes to being here in Southern California and I can't teach in person. I am, I, I now kind of get to know a little bit more of what it means to have a disability and, and get accommodations, you know, official ones from the university. And, um, I was talking to my therapist this week about how I'm apologetic about that to the university and, and I don't want to be, yeah. um, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, the body's not an apology mm. again in a new way for me. So yeah, all of it. Here's what's great. I swear, no, this is my seven writer. This, this is the part of me that's like, okay, okay, that was bad. Like, uh, here's all, here's how here's how my life is shit right now. Um, I have been able to reach out, you know, with your help. Um, I live in a really tiny apartment, so that a loft, so that I can be by the water. I always imagined um, we would be going places. No one would come over here, actually. <laughs> oh, interesting. And no, um, my all of my loves, all of my community are coming here to support us. So the meal train you set up, um, people, you know, other mamas, other saying, hey, can I help come over and help clean? And can I, you know, do all these things? And it's just like, I mean, someone came yesterday and they cleaned the 
the bunny cage out, you know, like they offered to do that. I was like, thank thank you. You know, like I feel very much surrounded. Um, I I know that like the way I saw it, I I, I think when, when it all went down, I immediately went into like, yeah, like, what do we do? What can I do? And, but I also felt like you are so good at, um, being in community with others and like yeah. being of service, like you're the extrovert of us, right? <laughs> I think thinking about that recently with some of the schools, I was like, Brittany, I wish I was there just to be like the the the, sh- the smiling face for right? us. Like the well, <laughs> I think it, there's that what that it was like a meme or something that said, I need a, a an emotional what oh support uh, like party. But I need like, an emotional support uh, extrovert to go with me to parties. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like I, I send that to her and I was like, you're, you're, yeah, you're my emotional support, like extrovert. Cause I yeah. tend to be more introverted, but I think that the, when, I, because you're so extroverted and because you have so many, so much community, know so many people and not from a place of like, cause I think some people have all kinds of friends, but they're not really Mm. genuine you have a lot of really genuine loving people in your life and you put that Mm. effort into those relationships so the way I saw it was like Mm. it's time for you to cash in like not in that way but really like you have put a lot of effort and love into so many relationships Mm. and here's an opportunity for you to and you know for them to to not that they haven't before but for real for you to be okay with I've put this effort out. I can receive. I can be in a moment yeah. of receptivity and just receive all the help and the love um, that I've always put out, and and that and and that you deserve that, you know, and that that's okay. Yes. And um, so I was really, I, I was like, oh, she's got this. Like, she's got so many people that love her. They're gonna just come, yeah. and and I feel like they have, they have, you they know, have. you've had a lot of, even with with Jaguar, like being able to take him and pick him up from school and can't drive you know so jaguars being taken to school arranging that to happen and and trusting and that's a new level too but like that's but it's come through you know my neighbors here um my family too um yeah and i i hear like i hear a lot of the the conversations that you and i've had when people ask me like how is she (laughs) and i'm like i think she's doing good and i think because you and I are, are like physically mm-hmm. you're on a path. Yeah. But I think uh, it's more of like, where are you emotionally yeah. with so much? And I know at the very beginning, um, just your personality, probably our personality is to be like, okay, but how do we intellectualize this? Totally. How do we rationalize this? How do we yeah. go into, um, making ourselves make sense of like, oh, yeah. why did this happen? Okay, this happened, you know. And I think we were both kind of like in that, but I also being of the mind of like, it doesn't really matter at this point because yeah. you're dealing with the day-to-day reality of this yes. new reality that you're living, even if it's temporary, even if it's, you know, just for a moment, like you're still living with it. And so you have to kind of be okay with like, just saying like who whatever why it happened or whatever opportunities it gives it's still fucked up in the moment and it still sucks ass like it's it's hard it's so hard for me to stay there like it's hard for me to like be in that in that place of this sucks and like get up and you know brush my hair (laughs) or get up and and make you know like I, i i survive you know off of like being functional, highly, overly. I <laughs> I, no, but I don't. I, that's not just yeah, you. No, I mean, I know, that's I that's know, our world where our world. where our levels of success and worth are often, um, you know, made by how productive we are. But I even mean more than that too. Not yeah, you're right. I've taken walking for granted. I've taken you know getting to the bathroom, you know, or just sitting. Um, I'm used to like hustling, cleaning real quickly. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. Blah, all those things. No, I also mean like the story, the mm. the narrative that says like um, that everything's going to be okay or I don't know, bigger ones than that. Like 
bad things happen to bad people. No, not like that either. Like, but everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. So that's, that's, I think that's the core of the conversation that we, we want to have because that's what you've been struggling with this notion that, yeah. And I think this comes from both the religious background that you have. Yeah. That we have. Yeah. And also the spiritual grounding that we, love to be in there is you know i think religion would say this is a a consequence of whatever right like or right karma totally right the it's like the punitive system of the 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 punitive story if you will the the story about being punished yeah that that's what but like so you kind of said it like bad things happen to bad people yeah so the internalization that this happened so i think from the religious perspective it, you would internalize the idea of like oh this happened to me because i did something wrong right yeah. and i think on the other hand where and this is really we're, we've been wanting to talk about spiritual bypassing right and the yeah. concept when people sit because i th- and i think i did say this too i was like well we can see this as an opportunity to like slow down and to like you know rely on community and to and i think that the intention with that is good. And at the same time, you've expressed. Yeah. It's how my brain or how my, my basically because of the upbringing. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Um, because I know there's people out there in my upbringing that are thinking like that I did something, did too much, or I wasn't with a male partner at the time, you know, or, yeah. you know, I – yeah. All these different things. I put myself in a mm-hmm. vulnerable place, you know, mm-hmm. um, that it, um, that this happened. And here's the truth though, that, you know, the truth is we were having a ball. Mm-hmm. Like we were having so much fun. So then that, that enters it like, you know, from that old story, like, you know, pleasure, you know, like, right, like having too much fun. Overindulging. Right? Like we were just, fuck. isn't that? Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like getting mad. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. I mean, and it all I resonates. Should have, I should have known you could fucking break a tibia roller skating. You should have been more hypervigilant. That's that's the, the narrative. Yeah. That you should have. Well, I was I was just thinking, I was just hearing that too. Um, I got it. And I was just because the sound kind of anyway, I was hearing that too. When I know that in times in my life when I've either gotten hurt or when things happened, there was the immediate sense to be like, well, what did you do to cause that? What did you do to what did you do wrong that led to that happening? And sometimes I even do that with my kids when they get hurt. Like, well, you shouldn't have been jumping or you shouldn't have been doing this or you shouldn't have been doing that. And so there's the immediate internalization of, oh, I, I made this happen. It is my fault. And then, but, but, but if I don't go there, then in the old framework, right. I go to like, what, like, why did God do this? Or right, right. Did, you know, the, you, I've heard you say this, like, why did the ancestors, yeah. Did I have to learn this lesson yeah, yeah. this way? I'm really glad I don't have to drive to work and commute, but did I really have to break my leg? You know, like. Yes. That, and that's what I heard you, because that's what the context yeah. that I've heard you say this in, in feeling like on the other end, right? When we talk about um, spirituality from a framework of like, oh, you know, everything happens in life for a reason and we can learn lessons, you know, and sometimes there's fate and there's destiny and all of these things, or the ancestors sometimes are, you know, trying to teach us lessons. And I, and I heard you really clearly say, why did, why did the ancestors need me to learn it this way? I mean, I want to say that. And then I want to, I mean, I very quickly, I want to reframe it. You know, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm aware that this is like one of the biggest accidents or biggest like traumas of my life. Yeah. And, um, and I'm trying to make sense of it, you know, like, but it goes, what comes to mind are all the other traumas 
um, big traumas in my life, including like uh, an abusive marriage, you know, mm-hmm. um, and um, and recent recent ones in the last year. Like, so they kind of come together for me, and it's a little tricky. It's like, but so they come together me and and ask like, well, what was the purpose? You know, it, it gets convoluted with my ex marriage because I really think I was like tr- you know, trained, brainwashed to be broken like that you know to be to to marry someone who was like a pastor and also like angry and also abusive you know like so that's very different context in this but they get all kind of wrapped up together instead you know of seeing myself as someone who is learning and growing and interacting with different things in the world, especially as a Gemini rising, I do a lot of things, right? Like, and I don't have to judge that part of me. I can just observe, you know, and then observe what, what, what happens in those contexts. And then, and then talk about what my agency is, you know, in those moments. I'm going to pause because it's not working. I'm a little concerned about, oh, it just shifted out. Hmm. Seems like it's working. Like it come didn't come into your mic or something? No. I guess it should be okay. Um I don't know why the camera's not working now, yeah. I think um we turned it off. I got turned off accidentally. Oh. Uh, I shouldn't have messed with it. Um, you want to check the connection just in case? It's on that side. No, I mean the connection to the Wi-Fi. No. It says it's still there. No, the Wi-Fi is fine. Okay. Uh, there you go. <sighs> nope. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, it's this. That's yeah. what it is. Uh huh. Oh. There we there go. go. Okay. Just got connected. Sorry. Technical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're for, back. Well, okay. Thank you for knowing these things. Gosh. Yeah. I hope the mic is working. We'll just pray. I like how you've got the backup going. You're ready. So good. This so good. It's like we're back to season one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess no. We have some more know-how or some more help, but still. Yeah. Talk about um, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're yeah. gonna go with it. Yeah. So, so yes. I want to get down basically because I can go through this whole thing. I'm in therapy now. Thank you, Renee. <laughs> you know, I I know I need I need space to be able to process all this and the old stories, the new stories, not the old the new stories, like the the real stories. You know, to me. And um, but what came up the other day, which I think we can talk about, was in a circle that I'm a part of. You know, seeing. The, the phrase, this wasn't an accident, mm. you know, and then pausing there and recognizing that whatever that the, the leader meant by that is different than maybe I'm translating it because of the, oh. the tr- toxic narrative that I grew mm-hmm. up in, you know, so seeing it, if it's not an accident, then it's controlled either by me or Diosa, you know, or something like that, you know, or the ancestors instead I really loved your reframing of this. And so I thought I'd let you speak to that. <laughs> like, how did I reframe it? <laughs> oh, oh I remember. I remember. Own, your own grief with your trauma, yeah. your dad, and people like saying it was his time. So which okay. I can't even, like, in a just much bigger, much bigger. Yeah. Of a- so when I heard you kind of speak into the idea of like, um, yeah, this is, this is not an accident, like the, the whole notion of, 
everything happens for a reason or this was meant to happen. And yet you being so frustrated, like, why the fuck did I have to break my leg in order for this to happen? And I or I made the comparison to when I lost my father mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, mind you, it's been eight years of processing and grieving to be able to come to yeah. a little more clarity around this position. But I think the way that I've seen it is, you know, especially immediately when somebody dies, there's this urgency to be like, it was his time or, you know, everything happens for a reason or God, it's part of God's plan. And I'm yeah. like, why the fuck was this yeah. God's plan? Like yeah. what, you know, or the notion of it's his time because, I mean, that gets into a larger question too because even my mom would say things like when she was initial in that, those initial stages of grief to say like, well, if it's his time, then it must be my time too. Like she was, she goes like, I'm just ready to give up. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Right. And it was kind of, it, it kind of had her be in this, frame of mind like I have nothing to live for you know and and I know obviously that comes from the enormous amount of pain that she was feeling at the time um but I just that just I was I, I was frustrated because I was like what about me like you got a lot of shit to live for you know totally, yeah um and then there was a lot of people around me grieving in their own ways and and you know that was then clashing with my own way of grieving and so I think that, and then I I look at the things that have happened in my life since the passing of my father and a lot of really amazing things have happened yeah. oh, like this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there <sighs> are ways, I have to acknowledge that there are ways that my journey of grief has led me to mm-hmm. doing the things that I've done, has forced me to yeah. open up a space a path, a, a spiritual, a deeper spiritual path in a way that I don't know if I would have done had I not been in mm-hmm. mourning, had I not been mm-hmm. in grief. And so I can look back and say, um, wow, what an opportunity it was to yeah. be in grief because it kind of opened me up to these other things. And I can, I can now see it from a place of the gifts and the beauty and the opportunity. And now I can say, for whatever reason, yes, things were meant to happen that way. And at the same time, it's fucked up. Right. And at the same time, like, I don't, I like, you know, so I, I don't think that it's a matter of that. And I think in your, when bringing it back to your case, I don't think that the idea of you breaking your leg, oh, well, that's not an accident. I do genuinely accidents happen. Like, I don't, I I know everybody said, you know, especially in the spiritual world, the idea of like, there's no accidents. I do think that there's, the accidents can happen. And because of those accidents, it may be an opportunity for, for things to be opened up. But I don't think it happened because of that. Like, there's a separation between what happened and what opportunity it offers versus you broke your leg so that you could have these opportunities. Like that feels like spiritual bypassing. And I said this, it would be similar for us to say, I mean, this is kind of scary to say, but I think it would be similar for us to, to look at um, like even the most recent uh, deaths of, 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 you know, these of black men by cops to say, Oh, well they died for a reason for that's a, that's, fucked up to say like oh well this yeah egregious violence happened so that we can all open our eyes to violence that is i think that's dehumanizing to say that and so i do think that that's that is spiritual bypassing at its worst and so i think we need to shift yeah and yeah. not that, you know, people who say that that is their intention, but because of our religious background, yeah. because yeah, of yeah. the trauma that you've had in abusive relationships, yeah. you internalize those messages without the real uh, concrete sifting through the messiness of your own trauma. Yeah. You can internalize them in a way that's not actually helpful. So right. we do need to kind of have space to say, I understand the idea behind things are not an accident. But that doesn't actually work for me. And I need a different framing to understand that an accident happened 
and it sucks and it's fucked up and I'm allowed to sit with that. And I can also say, okay, how can I make the best out of the situation? I think it's good. I mean, actually talk about religious background. You know, I was almost an Episcopal priest. You know, this, this yes. Time ago. <laughs> you always drop these like random, you're like, you know, I almost like, you know, or, oh, I and lived here. in China for so many years or I live and I'm like, what, who are you? How many lives have you lived? And I'm realizing from a theological background, this is a, this is a old conversation about free will or like uh-huh, God ordained. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. I just realized I just got caught in that like vortex for a while there, but <laughs> But I love the reframing. You know, I was telling you, I listened to um, Alice Walker talk about how um, she's blind in one eye from a childhood accident. But because of that, she went on to get uh, go to grad school, get scholarships or something like that. And I was just like, but that's like similar telling her like, oh, you know, that happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's, no, it's I really do think it's the what gifts are there, you know, that come from trauma or pain, I guess, you know, like, like that, that, that we can still like, I mean, is it like the inside out movie? Like, or that we show our kids, you know, <laughs> is it kind of like, you can't have the joy without the pain, without the pain yeah, or that, that the pain can be turned into all that art, that creativity, all of that beauty. Like, you know, there's, well, I think this comes back to even a conversation that we often have about our kids. I love it. I thought you were going to talk about me being like Frida here in the bed when you first saw me. <laughs> when I first saw it, walked in here, you wearing were wearing my... this Mexican embroidered dress with your leg all casted up. And I was like, oh my God, she's Frida right now. Like, totally. I was like, I just needed like above here some mirror, you know? Yeah. And, and you needed your little like paints. Um, yeah. No, so our kids. It has me thinking about the idea of when as for us, because we experienced so much trauma, and I even hate to say it. anyway, so much trauma in our lives that when we had kids, we had we made concerted choices, right, and very direct mm-hmm. um, decisions about how we were going to parent our children so as not to perpetuate the trauma that we had. And yet, in that we have to recognize that the trauma is so deep and so the generational trauma goes so far back that we cannot undo. Yeah. We cannot um, prevent (laughs) everything, right? We can't undo the generations of trauma in one generation, especially because I've always said we were not given the manual on how to do that. We were given the manual on how to traumatize our kids, but we were not given the manual on how to, do that, especially in a world. And Ana Castillo told, Ana we, were Castillo given, told we were us, given the research. We were, yeah. Well, Ana, Ana Castillo told us, right. It's hard to, oh, yeah. um, to, to live into this world where we want to process and heal when we're continuously being traumatized. Yeah. Right. It's not like we, we were traumatized and now we live in a better world. And so we just need to heal that and live into this better world. No, we, the trauma is continual. Yeah. Right. And so I think that when we think about our kids and this notion of we want we don't want them to be traumatized, the reality is they still live in a world that's going to yeah. traumatize them, yeah. whether it be at, at, at our hands, which can happen, or at the hands of others. And so for us to want to keep them in this bubble or to assume that there is some magical place where they're not going to be harmed is not going to be helpful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Of course, we can do that as much as we can. It's not like we just let them to the wolves. Yeah. But we can both protect them and also teach them how to be resilient, right? But also the tools. Yeah. The difference between us and... um See, the sound keeps going in and out. That's why I'm hearing it. Anyway. Okay. Um, so we've got our back up here. I think the difference between um, really hello, hello hello I think it's okay. So I think the difference between us, you know, how we were parented and how we are parenting is that our parents and maybe even grandparents were coming from a place of just survival. Yeah, like who has time to deal with trauma? Yeah, when yeah. we're just trying to live to see another day. Yeah. Right. And in fact, trauma, like a lot of abuse within the families came from 
their attempt at protecting them from the abuse that could potentially happen outside. Yeah. Right? Which is a whole other podcast episode. We don't need to get into that. Which we've done, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, and so here we are of a generation that's to say, um, yes, there's trauma outside. We're not going to, we're going to try our best to not be the perpetrators of the trauma. And we're going to acknowledge that that trauma exists, acknowledge that we ourselves might be the ones traumatizing. And so we're going to, it, rather than our parents who were in denial of it, we're like, yeah. well, I, I love you and you should be yeah. so grateful that I did this from a place of love. Cool. It still was fucking traumatizing. Right. Totally. And so we can say, yes, I did the best I can. And I probably fucked you up a little bit. Yeah. Here are the reasons I'm going to acknowledge that that happened. Yeah. And I'm going to have, I'm going to make the resources available for you to be able to be on a healing path that took me a lifetime. Yeah. To acknowledge and seek the help for, right? Like that is the gift that we can offer in this generation, right? We can't yeah. prevent shit from happening, but we can give them the sources, the resources to be able to, um, heal from the things that happen, right? Or yes. give them a healing path. And we can model it too. So like exactly. I've been really short with Jaguar because I never go and I like the house a certain way. <laughs> and he's you know seven. And so I was like, I've been short. I'm so sorry. I need to have more patience. I'm gonna seek some help. I'm gonna call Leslie from Latinx Parenting <laughs> <laughs> and have a conversation. So I'm just trying to like acknowledge like I'm frustrated, you know. Yeah. It's not you. It's me. I I love us to work together and I want to have more patience. I'm going to seek some help even now, you know. I'm, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And then, and, I mean, I think we're going off on a tangent here, but in that I think you're showing him your humanity too, yeah. right? And that we're all humans regardless of, yeah, you know, because I, I do think there's sometimes this, this pedestal with moms, you know, because I, I sometimes I'll see my kids, you know, they just love me so much and they're like you're the mom ever i'm like yeah but i'm also human like and i'm gonna fuck up and i'm gonna because then they're able to then they're able to see that within themselves right they're able to say like oh i'm gonna mess up too and i'm not gonna be perfect and that's okay that's not what makes me a good person right what makes me a good person is being able to um apologize being able to seek help right or being able to do these things so i think bringing that back to like this conversation around like how we make sense of things that happen it's to say that I mean, where does this bring us back to? I think there's well, it's funny no- how I still want to be like in that. My brain goes quickly like, oh, maybe this happened so I could model like what it's like to – it's so funny. It's just – Again, and maybe you can do that, but this yeah. didn't happen yeah, because yeah. you – you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you could – and so it, it, it comes back to say like bad things happen not because you do bad things, but bad things happen and then they give you an opportunity to to – yeah to practice right um these things and i think um yeah i think it's i think we live in the world where it's like well if we just do everything right then we're gonna avoid bad things from happening like and i 100 have been living there too like if i am just hyper vigilant about everything i do and i just overthink everything and i do it considering every possible angles of how things go wrong then I'm going to be fine, right? Then yeah. then it'll be okay. Then my life will be perfect. Then I'll yeah. reap the rewards yeah. of doing everything perfectly. And all that ends up doing is have me second guess every fucking thing I do. Well, I feel like this year has <laughs> been a year to like dismantle all of that for me. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. I think that's why I'm also just like really angry about this is because this year, you know, a year ago around this time, are close, you know, we all of our transition to spirit side mm. and then there were wildfires and then, you know, my co-parent went MIA and, you know, <laughs> Let's just put just, that out there. Yes. <laughs> I was, well, I don't, I know. Right. But it's in the context of this whole year that this just feels like, well, great. You know, like I, I'm a, well, I don't know. I would like to say I'm officially aware that I don't have control, you know, but Ooh, that's a big one. I don't know if that's true. I think I still have control. Your Virgo's like, no, 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 around, like, pick up this, pick up this, you know, like, um, Ooh, that's, I'm still trying, yeah. like, um, so see, it's, it's a balance between, and this is cause it's not all or nothing. And you and I, I mean, if there's a, an overarching theme for our work, it's, 
fuck all the binaries. Yeah. Right. Totally. And we have to really live in yeah. a lot of the, you know, people call it gray area, but I think it's it's more messiness, the ambiguity, right? Gloria calls it. We have to live so, be comfortable in the ambiguity of yeah. life so much and yeah. not like, and so I think that like, it's finding that balance between not, we, we're not trying to spiritually bypass ourselves, but we are trying to lean into a connectivity yeah. with spirit, connectivity with ancestors, connectivity with yeah. the world. And, um, and so we, we do want to, we don't want to get stuck in the, you know, yeah, we, we don't have control. That's the spiritual part of it, right? We have to let, we have, there has to be a certain amount of letting go. That doesn't mean that we have to, um, we can't allow ourselves to feel the pain. Yeah. Emotionally and physically and otherwise, right? Like, like and I think and it's easier said than done because I can easily tell, tell you that and be and then, a mom at the same time. You know? <laughs> like the like, and then there's the material reality of shit, right? Like we yeah. still have to wake up and and I make do. lunch. We've talked about it, how much we kind of miss like high school and like being all emo and just being like, I just want to put my music on. And be melancholy. And be like things of, like just I got 10 minutes for that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe right? Yeah. yeah, we don't get to sit in that very long and and always hyper aware of that any second, you know, we got to go back into serious. To mom mode, which actually makes me think we need a retreat or something. Like a way, like we need to get away where we can feel like it. we have infinite amounts yeah. of time to kind of sit in melancholy. Because I do think that when I was a teenager, and I was able to sit in my own pity, if you will. It went when I was given the, enough time to like sit there, then I was able to be like, okay, I feel better now and I can go totally. and do things. But I think because we, there is so much responsibility and stuff that we, we don't give ourselves any time really. And if we do, it's always with that sense of like, I only have so much time. So I gotta, I gotta fucking process this as quickly as I can, you know? So we we're trying to rush through healing or we're trying to rush through, um, our feelings to the point where we just almost end up repressing them where we just, we're like, uh, this is too much. I just need to like repress the feelings. Cause we just want to be good moms. You know, we just want to be like, like who's got time to like, you know, process shit when I got to like feed my kids and like, and I think also because we do, I think you and I love to live life. Like we love to have fun. Like we love to do fun things. That was our um, uh, human design thing, right? Yeah. Have fun together or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think you and I really love doing that. So when we have to confront things that don't feel that way we're like fucking a <laughs> totally yeah you know, like god damn it now i have to like process this emotionally and right. this is gonna take time away from my playtime. <laughs> it's true it's true i feel like it's gonna go in my calculations in the future i mean to a certain degree like what's the risk benefit, you know, for this situation? Like, mm. I mean, like bungee jumping, I'm not going to do that ever again or <laughs> yeah. skydiving. No, you know, like, yeah. Um, but roller skating too, I feel like just, see, like, what's the worst? Oh, see, see, see? Uh, I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? That's you catastrophizing. Know? Google. Hey Google, what's the worst case scenario for? See, and this actually gets me to, I think something I was talking to you about earlier when we were having this conversation by ourselves was I sometimes hear often in the spiritual community, people talking about things like, well, you know, if we're, we're in tune with spirit and sometimes if we listen, you know, and, and spirit is telling us we shouldn't do that thing, then we have to listen. We have to not do that thing. I've heard that several times coming from a lot of spiritual leaders, the idea of like, we have to listen so much to our intuition. And sometimes we have to sacrifice the things that we want to do because our intuition or our, you know, guy, spirit guides are telling us that that's not where we need to be. And yeah. to me that again, without the context of 
like for me, that's anxiety reading. Cause then now I'm like hypervigilant. Like, should I be doing that? Is, are my guides telling me not to do that? And without, yeah. without the context of understanding how that can trigger anxiety, it's actually counterproductive to say things like that without yeah. considering where people might be coming from. It's, I mean, I think it's yeah. equivalent to when people, t- I was just listening to NPR <laughs> and they were having this whole conversation about child overweight children And when people talk about food or talk about mm, fitness even or talk about anything like that without considering, Mm -hmm. for example, people who have a history of eating disorders Mm -hmm. and and start labeling food good or bad or healthy or not healthy, Mm -hmm. for people who have eating disorders, that's going to trigger the idea that everything is potentially unhealthy. And so, I mean, and that's just one example, right? Totally. There's a lot of ways it can trigger it. But so with, when people say that, even with their intentions and even with the, maybe even whatever truth behind that, without understanding how it can trigger these other traumas, without a, a context for the, the continual trauma that we're living in, it can be counterproductive. So I think it's, and this is not to say that they shouldn't do that or say that, or that, you know, but it's just to say, like, let's just be trauma informed. Mm-hmm. This is it, right? But we don't live in that world. People are just trauma informed. I think that's the way that, you know, talking about non binary ways of being like trauma informed, I think is how we're trying to live into all of our relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when we ask, you know, <laughs> I think I, when I called you, I was like, do you have a, a moment to help me? <laughs> as you're like, as you're like dying of pain. But uh, I mean, but I, wanting to just, you know, I don't, I, I think we're at least just like understanding. Well, that's, a, I, I actually tell my students that that's a practice of, um, of consent, you know, cause I talk, you know, we talk about sexual violence and we talk about consent and what does consent look like outside the context of sexual violence, right? And then if we normalize consent in our everyday lives then it's easier to normalize consent within the context of sexual violence. So, or not even sexual violence, but sexual activity, right? Yeah. And so I said, I said, how many of you all, like you get that call from your friend that's just going to like tell you all her drama and you're not in the mood for it. Yeah. Right. Like that doesn't feel good, yeah. nor does it feel good. I imagine when you do the same thing. And so I was, I tried to model for them to say, my friends and I try to be in the habit to say like, Hey, do you have a moment? Do you like, there's this thing. Can I talk to you about it? So then on the other end, they can yeah. be in a, and to say like, Oh, you know what? Not right now. Or, Oh, give me a, you know, I'll call you later or. And then there's an understanding. Like, so then there's a consensual relationship. A crisis moment yourself. Right. You right, know? Right. So, and that's, life as a parent or as a whatever you know and all the things that we do so the wanting to give that to everyone you know um and maybe that's it too maybe i'm gone into a little bit of like victimhood here like kind of feeling like you know this this oh it would happen to me you know like what i think that's okay like it's okay like you i mean i don't think it's victimhood to say to be why did this happen to me? Like, I think it's okay. So as long as yeah, you're not getting stuck there. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all of it. And it can all be, it can be, you know, I haven't seen that everything everywhere all at once, but I really want to, but <laughs> I haven't if, seen it either. It feels like, Oh, we should watch it. Maybe that'd be fun. Um, just some, like this is a in crisis and maybe this is what happens. Like all these things, everything, all, yeah. everything comes back all at once, you know, and really trying to say, I hear you. I hear you, you know, like as a grown ass woman, like a mother, right? Like being like, I hear you, you know, like, yeah. And, and being okay with all of it all at once, you know? Yeah. So I think this brings us, cause we got to wrap up here cause we totally. can talk forever about this. Yeah. But I think if we had to leave with, you know, what is this? What are we talking about here? I, I think that processing mm-hmm. when traumatic things happen yeah, um, to acknowledge that it is a traumatic event. What happened to you? What you I, I think you said that you you've been able to name that for yourself. Like this is it a is. traumatic fucking event. I can't quite remember it. You this know, is what this it is like. I mean, you have a whole last titanium rod. 
in your leg, your bionic woman. Like we can't just skip over that, you know, in order to get to like, oh, how yeah. do we, you know, make sense of this? So I think it's okay to be there for a little bit, right? In in our like when I look back at you know the early grieving or when my dad passed away, my mom was in the I just want to fucking leave. like you know she was just like she didn't I'm ready to go I'm ready to go she literally would say that that she's ready to go and so at the time I mean mind you she shouldn't have, she shouldn't have processed that with me I will no, say that as no. her daughter who was also grieving she shouldn't have processed yeah, that with me yeah, yeah. but I. <laughs> How many, how many things can we say that about her mother? <laughs> right. yeah. But yeah, I think that was fair for her to be in that place, to be fuck you, fuck everything. Yeah. This fucking sucks. I don't think I was in that enough because I had to help my mom through totally, that. Totally, yes. I never allowed myself to say this fucking sucks and so I fucking hate it and I wish my dad was still here. I never allowed myself to do that. It's one of the, my biggest regrets about, about the grieving process is I never allowed myself Even to, to sit this in day. I, even to this day, I don't really go there too much because I'm so focused on look at how much beautiful things have happened since my father passed away and what would have been different if, you know, so I don't, I haven't, I, I, I haven't, there's moments where I will sit and be like, oh, or every once in a while it'll like hit me like a lightning and I'll be like, oh, <laughs> um, and I think in it, there was some initial moments of that, but um, I didn't sit in there very for very long, not long enough. Um, and so yeah. I think sometimes I, 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 so yeah. So like, it's okay for us to sit in the pity for us to sit in the victimhood and be like, I fuck see. this, this fucking sucks. And then with the support and yeah. the love and the community be able to, when we feel like we can to be like, okay, now Let's see this. What are the opportunities yeah. that can come because this happened? Yeah. Not because, you know, this is like, like the opportunities are not a direct result of it, but the opportunities can happen so that we don't get stuck in that resentment, right? So that we don't get stuck yeah, in that like fear place. I think you've modeled that. I love, thank you for encouraging me to be in that place from a place of, you know, wishing you had that's yeah it's powerful i think also thank you for letting you know what's happening in my life change what we're doing you mm. know too i think you've created some space for for me and our work and um and when i say our work i mean like our our creative joy that we bring into yeah. Las Flores, but like be, with different circumstances like this like that take a different energy you know you've really been gracious about creating that space for for me and I it it, it is a it is going deep into my heart <laughs> and my belief system around trusting that you know um you know we're we're attu tuning into what's happening right now in our lives and then you know our work our our creative flow will come in ebbs and flows and that will be great you know yeah. like but it is something and I I just want to recognize that there. That, well, I'm I'm in a little bit of grief about the energy that this takes away mm. from our from Las Tacoras. You know, um, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you are in your own process, but I feel like it was kind of like, oh, cool, we can really slow down now. <laughs> like I, I almost felt like I don't. It relieves the pressure from having to feel like we need to the sense of urgency yeah. like we need to make things happen. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh shit is real slow now. Let's just fucking lean into I was like, let me lean into this energy. Because I yeah. actually think it's it's been getting us back to our core of who we are, right? Yeah, we've yes. always been the people like everything that we've ever created has come from a place of what brings us joy. Yeah. And then when things start to not feel that way, we're like, mm, we have to get back to that place. And I think that I've released any sense of what it needs to be. And, uh, and, and I'm like, this gives us an opportunity to just slow the fuck down and create things when we want to create them, yeah. not because we have to or not because <sighs> there's a sense of obligation. And so yeah, well, I love it. Like, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> You're ready for the quarantena. I'm, I would, I mean, like I was telling you, when I had Cruz, you know, my firstborn, mm -hmm. 
And you're, yeah, I was in that mode of like, oh my God, I have to get back to normal. <laughs> so by the time I had Santos, I was like, oh, I am going to take every fucking second of yeah. that cuarentena. Yeah. And, you know, and I never had an official cuarentena, right? Like I never yeah. really celebrated it in that way. But my mom and my grandmother, who maybe in their own ancestral instincts, absolutely showed up and were cooking me food all the time. My grandmother was like, you need to eat so that you have enough breast milk. And she was like feeding me every second of the day. And then she was, they were cleaning, right? They were really, really, they really, really showed up for me. And so I was like, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I'm not going to. So that's what I told you. I was like, look, there may not be another time where you get to have people come and cater to you. So just fucking take advantage of it. I love it. All my midwife, my doula friends keep coming over and cooking me food (laughs) that they would have, you know, cooked for like a birth. I wanted to have another baby. (laughs) I I wanted to be taken care of. Yeah. Like when you have a baby, you know. Um, Well, I'm glad. And um, yeah, that actually is. A little bit just like I love that beautiful relief that's so beautiful and I appreciate creating some space to talk about it on the podcast I love it. everyone hopefully hopefully two from the bedroom come <laughs> soon. alrighty let's see if we can make this work Bye. intro and outro song is called Foreign Fog by The Corner House a band that features our dear friend Danelia Arechiga